look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popwich. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Faisal. How about you? Yeah, we got a great show today. We're going to learn about aging with a little help from our surgical friends. Uh, yeah, uh, hear a little bit about volunteering during your retirement. Now, we know that people do that, but it could it possibly stave off dementia? Yeah, and Seniors Week in Calgary launched a new initiative called Age-Friendly Businesses. What does this mean for you? We're going to find out as well. <laughs> votes, lost support, and lost confidence. I would have thought that's enough to go, actually. If, as the indications have shown, if this is correct, that the Conservative Party has won the most seats and probably the most votes, uh, then it will be incumbent on us to ensure that we have that period of stability, and that is exactly what we will do. What were your thoughts about that election? So again, another surprise for people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all these all these polls and so forth get it wrong now. Um, but another surprise in the UK, first Brexit, no majority here. Um, very interesting move. The Their their currency got a pounding. Yeah. Get it? Got yeah. Got, yeah, that was good. You're sharp today, I got to right. tell you. You're starting yeah. out with some solid material, I got to tell you. <laughs> so let, let's, you know what I, I found interesting about this, of course, you know, when Theresa May called this election, it's because the polls showed that she had a 20-point lead versus uh, versus Labour. This was a gigantic lead, and it was called to strengthen the Conservatives' position to go into the bargaining, right? Get more seats, strengthen the majority, go in with a stronger negotiating position. Now we end up with a weaker negotiating position. Correct. Now, let's look into the bigger issues that I see when, when we have with this with this election. And the markets, first of all, don't care. Yeah, right? Just a pound. Just, right? just, the, currency. just the currency. Yeah. The markets don't care and until it is shocking that it hurts the economy and it is a direct impact the markets don't care in fact i saw volatility metrics go down yeah. not up so yeah. that's the first thing the second part of this is is that when you start going in with a a a minority government you don't have that majority you're walking into the to a divorce proceeding with the european union what kind of hold do you have now? One of the one of the comments that came to me from from some of our clients was that this might be a good thing, Faisal, because with a with a minority government, they're going to have to listen to all parties before they walk in to to the negotiations. The problem is there's a two year deadline, and if they don't get the the the, the exit done correctly in in uh, in the two year time frame, and they don't have an agreement, then you have an issue where uh, the whole program gets taken out of the EU and goes into international trade, which is not as, as strong of a position than where they are right now. So there's a concern there. The second part of this is now now the Scottish are going to come out and say another referendum. So there's more political instability. And then you add that on to the fact that um, the European Union has been talking about their own military defense or not relying on NATO because of Trump's conversation about how each country has to pay their own fair share mm -hmm. into NATO. The European Union has come out and said, we want to have our own defense system, not rely on NATO. So this could be the beginning of the end of NATO. If that happens, then is the, is the UK involved in that or not involved in that? 
Are they exiting from that as well too? And then what's our relationship with the European Union and the UK going to be like? Because when you, when you have a divorced couple <laughs> and you're friends with both, it's kind of an, uh, a very difficult piece. You've got to tiptoe around certain yeah. conversations. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what they're going to experience. This is what Canada will experience. Will it impact certain agreements, certain pacts? If you're going to give them that, Canada, if you're going to give them your, your, uh, your trade at a certain rate, you should give it to, you should give it to us. And so, and so those are the kind of things that can help be headwinds. And keep in mind, the European Union as a whole, as an aggregate, is the largest economic superpower in the world. They're bigger than China. They're bigger than the United States, and that's something that we have to remember. So who do you go to if you're the, if you're the Canadian government? Do you become more friendly with the EU because they're sticking together, or do you become more friendly with the UK because you've got history? What does it say at a higher level about, the, um, about this populist isolationist position going back eight months ago? British exit vote sort of set the tone for this notion of global isolationism, right? The end of globalization as we know it. Mm -hmm. We had the Trump election sort of following on that. There was these undercurrents of isolationism and protectionism, right? Is there, you know, can we read anything into this? I was thinking a lot about this last night. We see the French election. We see uh, Macron coming out and he's becoming a global leader as Trump pulls back and uh, reduces the U.S.'s global position, right, to a more isolationist America first. You see the French president taking over. Has that had some influence and some very strong rhetoric around the, the EU sticking together? Has that had some influence on that very close vote to, uh, to exit, uh, to, you know, the British exit vote? So is that, is that tide starting to reverse as a result? Yeah. Can we read into that? Yeah, we, we can. I, here's what I look at. At the end of the day, a democratic, uh, um, a democratic country is based upon the people who vote, not all of the population, the people who vote, the people who show up. And the people who showed up for Trump, and, and sorry, in the United States, voted for Trump. There's a whole bunch of people that didn't vote. The same issue happened in Brexit. Hmm. A lot of Absolutely. people did not vote. And so it's all based on turnout. It's who and how you can get these individuals to come to the polls. Because we are in such a difference in opinion, difference of view in every Western region. Keep in mind, over the last 30 years, we have seen a seismic shift of change in the core jobs of the Western world, which has been manufacturing. Manufacturing is not the key of the Western, the Western countries. It has been moved to Asia. It's been moved to Africa. It's been moved to, uh, to Latin America. And because of that outsourcing, when you displace individuals in a country where they do not have the skill set or the ability to move on to the next role, the next opportunity, which would be in technology or engineering or mathematics or health sciences and so forth, which, which the Western world leads in, then you're going to have two tails of groups that are going to come out and say, mm -hmm. we don't like this and we're going to vote against it because I do have one say and that's when it comes time for election. So if you can, if you can f um, focus on those individuals, you're going to have rapid change in government mandates. And, and the, the Brexit as well as the U.K. election, is a good uh, example of what that could be. Okay, we had the ECB meeting this week. Therefore, well. a very substantial degree of monetary accommodation is still needed for underlying inflation pressures to build up and support headline inflation in the medium term. If the outlook becomes less favorable, 
or if financial conditions become inconsistent with further progress towards a sustained adjustment in the path of inflation, we stand ready to increase our asset purchase program in terms of size and or duration. So interesting overall from Mario Draghi and the rest of the ECB came out and said they're going to keep interest rates the same. They're going to continue the asset buying program, but they changed one thing, and that was their outlook on inflation. In fact, their outlook on inflation went down. That's a concern yep. because the purpose of the monetary policy or quantitative easing was to try to replace. Push, replace. Yep, replace. Fiscal stimulus will get jobs in. It will. Yep. Okay. Monetary policy will stimulate businesses to borrow and expand and so forth. And that's not happening because we're not seeing the inflation side of it. So there is a concern that what's the risk if inflation doesn't happen? And we've seen that in other countries. It's, it's taken how long for the United States to start seeing some momentum in inflation? Seven years? Yeah, it has. Eight and again, it's, it's still, um, you know, it's, the, the wage inflation is what everybody's been looking for in the United States. And it's the most recent reading was below expectation again. Yeah, right? again, expectation. It is higher than it was before. Of course. Right? Now, the, co- the problem that comes out of the, the European Union is that when you start having multiple nations doing multiple things in different directions, you may not get a unified inflation piece. If you look at certain pockets like Spain, like Italy... Their, their inflation numbers are completely different than if you take a look at some of the northern, the northern European bloc countries. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference in there. That's a, a, a harder pill to swallow. So when we look at the European Union, again, being the largest economic superpower in the world, if their inflation starts to pick up, that will benefit global growth as well, too. And speaking of global growth, mm-hmm. the OECD came out with their economic outlook uh, and and wow, like if you look at the numbers, and I'll let me pull up my sheet of paper here, the world's economic outlook from the OECD, three point five percent growth right for two thousand seventeen, three point six percent growth increase in two thousand eighteen. So it's moving in the in the positive direction. Here's Canada's two point eight for this year, two point three for next year. Yep. They're saying Canada's going down. Not too much focus on Canada, except for the whole housing and mortgage issues that they see um, as a concern. But what is the biggest um, benefits of economic growth is how we've changed um, the overall view of manufacturing has moved to other countries. So what about the changing patterns as income rises? You want to see incomes go up? You want to see wage inflation? It's not going to happen in manufacturing. It's not going to happen only by putting minimum wages like Ontario did at 15 bucks a, uh, an hour. It's no. not those, those policies. What happens is when you start bringing in new types of technology, yeah. when you bring in new types of expertise, those wages go up, and that's what we're seeing. When you look at the wage difference, when we needed people here in Alberta that provided a certain skill set in the oil patch, yeah, yeah. the wages went up, and it, yep. it helped everybody because Tim Hortons, as an example, yep. was paying people 25 bucks an hour in certain parts of this yep. province. Yep. Right? That's because of wage inflation, and that wage inflation comes in when you have a high demand on certain types of goods, more importantly, the expertise in those goods, those prices will go up as well too. So that's where I think the changing pattern of income will come when, it, when you start dealing with technology. Here's an opportunity for Alberta. Make us the next technology hub of, of the North American or of the world. Why not? Why can't we do that? Why not make us the healthcare hub? We have no single city in this country that is known 
in the world as the only place to go to when it comes to healthcare. Why can't we do that here? That's the concern that I have. We were all worried about what we're going to do with office spaces and stuff in the city. Here's an opportunity for Canada to be a leader, not by just by giving policy, but by actually bringing an innovation and skill set to this country, which requires everybody's wages to go up and everybody will benefit all the way down to your, your low income earner to the high income earner. All, everybody will go up when you start to see that increase. Yeah. And I think you, when we've talked about this lots, technology is the great disruptor, right? And so it's, I find it interesting when the Trump administration comes out, talks about manufacturing jobs and the competition from say Mexico, it, that's, it's not the Mexican worker. It's technology. It's automation. Right, it's robotics. It's artificial intelligence that's Correct. replacing and eliminating those jobs. Nenshi, bring it here. You want to win this election? Bring that stuff here to Calgary, and we're going to see more and more businesses grow. We're going to see more and more money as well too come in this country. All right, Monday, June nineteenth, we're going to talk a little bit about retirement <clears throat> and how to make sure you're fully funded so you can enjoy that lifestyle that you've worked so hard for. Yeah, nineteenth of June, seven p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now you need to reserve your seats. Give us a call nine six six eighty four hundred nine six six eight four zero zero, or go to our website at more than moneyradio.com. You want to look as good as Faisal as you, when you get older, and trust me, you do. Tune in for the next segment. We're going to talk about how to do that. You're listening to News Talk 770 and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.